that are used frequently. I, I'm glad I stopped using Facebook when I stopped using Facebook. Cause Download Adam Sank's last comedy album on Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play. We're already in the shower together. <laughs> the risk has been taken. If I don't blow you, the risk will have been for nothing. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. I okay. hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason... The word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. <laughs> and he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no moss, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Hi, I'm a bottom, and I'm here with... Another bottom. His name is JB, <laughs> and then someone who I believe is verse. I try. You know, I have been. I've been. I've been dabbling in my my versatile powers lately. Hmm. Yeah. How's that been working out? It's been really fun. I gotta say. Yes, queen. I, I like it both ways. You know. Sometimes. We're talking to Chris Harder, by the way, who's Hi, once again filling in for Ryan Frostig. I'm doing my best. Chris, in your uh, former career mm -hmm. in adult videos, you mm -hmm. were verse. Yes. I was. Well, the thing is, you know, I just. Uh, I like to think that I have the boyfriend dick, which is mm -hmm. the dick that you can you can enjoy on a regular basis. It doesn't, you know, it's not like a fear tactic. Yep. It doesn't. It Absolutely. It requires like hours of preparation, but it's not really like a porn dick. You know, it's not like the. I mean, it's not like the fun, like the giant I jerked off to spring it. bottle. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, there are there. I did have a few scenes where I topped. I was mostly a bottom, but you know, bottom, bottom, coming to the stage, do I have that? a bottom. I do have that. Bottom. We well, go. when I was in Florida a couple weeks ago for this naked comedy show, right. I actually hooked up with an audience member oh. uh, after the show. I How'd hope your he, naked show I go? hope he's listening. Um, I don't want to get into it. it uh, all I'll say is that not only am I retired from comedy, but I'm definitely retired from naked comedy. It's just mm -hmm. a bad idea. It, it doesn't make sense as a concept because the people who come to see naked comedy are there for the naked, not the comedy. Right. And so it's not a great stand-up crowd and the only material they find funny is like if i really dumb it down and it's just like easy dick jokes mm -hmm. they love that but that's not fun for me none of the jokes that i find really funny that i tell did they get it they just went over their heads so Oof. and then i just feel like i'm being evaluated the whole time and i'm like this show would be better if i had clothes on but anyway, I hooked mm -hmm. up with an audience member who I started flirting with during my set. This has hey. never happened before. Yes, queen. And not only was he hot all over, but talk about a boyfriend dick. I fell in like love with his small, dick. Or is no, it was. It was I would say right. it was about seven inches mm -hmm. and like a nice thickness. Nice. So yeah. it felt like heaven inside me. And I say boyfriend dick because it it wouldn't hurt me on a regular basis, but yeah. it satisfied. And sucking it was a pleasure. <laughs> this is actual like audio of me <laughs> when he stuck it in. Also, he came quickly, which is a bonus for me. Really? Yes. You don't like it? See, I can't take it for very long. I like hours. <laughs> anyway, we have to give me hours. If I put the hours to clean out, Right. Please give me the hours to satisfy. I get sore. Uh, we haven't even started the show. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are not live. This is a brand new episode if you're listening at 11 a.m. on Saturday, July 27th, 2019 at dnrstudios.com. Leave us your ratings and reviews on iTunes or wherever else you listen. Email me, me, at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Facebook page. Download my comedy albums, both of them, especially the second one. And finally, 
It is the t- uh, annual podcast awards. There are three days left to nominate the Adam Sank Show um, through the end of July. You can nominate us in two categories, LGBTQ and People's Choice. Go to podcastawards.com uh, and look for me in those categories. You have to go down to the T's for the Adam Sank Show, which is stupid. Um, but yes, I would love to be nominated again. Our guest today, Chris and JB, mm-hmm. is someone who's never been on the show before. He's a hilarious and very tall comedian, a straight guy. His name is J.L. Covin. Oh, you Covin. do know I love my straight man. Yes. Tall is he like straight, trees. straight or like straight with an air quote? No, he's he like- one of the straightest guys I've met. I, okay. I would be surprised if J.L. has ever had a homosexual experience, but we will ask him. We shall, <laughs> we shall find out. He is one of, for my money, one of the best Donald Trump impersonators in the country. And he hosts a weekly podcast called Making Podcasts Great Again. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. In which he basically just plays Trump the whole time. And it's all improvised. And I was on it, and it was a very strange experience, which I'll talk about with him when he's here. But I think you guys will enjoy him. Uh, we've already introduced Chris Harder. Mm-hmm. Let's get some applause for him. He's looking delicious as oh, usual. Thank you. He's got a boyfriend-sized dick. I have a boyfriend-sized dick. And a porn star's ass. Oh, thank you. Chris, um, you wanted to mention something that you're going to be working on soon, yes? Yeah. Besides my dick and my ass, yes. I do have I have a play um, called Fuck Off Julia, which is a dark comedy loosely based off my experiences in sex work. And I am producing it, a stage reading at Hunter College on September 6th. So if you're Fantastic. in New York, yeah, I'll have um, tickets and more info coming on my social media soon. But I'm really excited. I've been working on the script for about a year. I have a wonderful director, Daniel Petro. Um, and a really amazing, diverse cast. So, oh, and I have auditions coming August 3rd. So it's on backstage.com, super official. Do you need a 48-year-old comedian with limited acting experience? Do you want to come read for it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, come, come to I don't want to come read for it. I just want my part handed to me. So what part am I playing? Ah. What part are you playing? Let me see it. <laughs> Yes, JB does not read. I don't read. You don't just, read. No, you I just, just show up. I show up. I get the part. You That's get your Capri Sun and you're ready. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll talk. We'll talk. Um, who is the Julia in the title? Well, so the Julia refers to um, this kind of ongoing joke between the main character Michael, who's a, a rent boy type, and his roommate Stephanie, who's a dominatrix, and she calls every, basically every kind of feel sorry for themselves uh, sex worker Julia. So Julia Roberts from Pretty Woman. Oh, that's funny. And her whole thing is, you know, don't be a fucking Julia. Like, don't be this like looking for an exit like finding Leapy, the boyfriend romantic yeah and they call all, all of their clients richies so it's this kind of uh it's kind of a send off of of how you know hollywood characterizes sex workers and and all that that sounds awesome and i loved your last show so oh, i look forward to starring in this one as well as <laughs> seeing it chris i have a question for you talk I, to me i know the answer with jb uh are you currently on any hookup apps? I am, as a matter of fact. Which ones are you I on? I just have the the classic grinder. I'm not very creative, and I don't have patience for a lot of other ones. You're not on Scruff. I'm not on Scruff. Which is just grinder without condoms, you realize. Well, I think grinder is also grinder without condoms from everything that I can tell. Well, I ask you this mm-hmm. because apparently there's a there's a hookup app called Jacked. Oh, yeah. J-A-C-K apostrophe D. I've never heard of it before now. But Jacked has agreed to pay over $240,000 in damages after it failed to protect its users' private photos and videos. Um, This was announced back on July 1st. New York's Attorney General Letitia James put out a statement saying that uh, New York had reached a settlement with Online Buddies, Inc., which is the parent company of Jacked. Um, Essentially, they failed to safeguard people's private pictures and videos, and 2,000 users had their pictures and videos leaked online. Um, For you, I don't think this would be a terrible concern. I mean, you know, there's kind of already so much debris (laughs) behind me that there's... (laughs) What like, part of your body has the public not seen by exactly, now? Exactly. Um, here's what really sucks about about the fact that they that Jacked let this happen. Their security breach was first discovered back in 2018 yeah, by a guy named Oliver Huff. He noticed that the way that the users on Jacked, Jacked stored their content made it really easy to access online, that anyone could view it, even if they didn't have a jacked profile, they could go online and view this. I think oh. probably by doing like an image search or what he, whatever the case, he reported this security flaw to jacked, mm-hmm. and they said they'd look into it and never did anything about it. 
Wow. It wasn't until a year later when this guy went to the media with the story that the bug was hastily fixed. Right, and probably easily fixed, too. It's, yeah. You know, well, you know, I think that's horrible, and especially, you know, we should be watching our privacy. I also think if you're going to put your dilated asshole on an app, like... <laughs> You know, like what, you know, on Grindr, at least you can take anybody's photos, screenshot them and then pass them around. Exactly. You know, like you you put, you don't put your face in the pictures, ladies and gentlemen. Why are we putting your faces in the pictures? Just the cakes. Take it from JP. Right. Yeah. I I agree with you, Chris. I think in this day and age, uh, any picture that you send to someone or post online, whether it's a private app Mm -hmm. or whatever, you can assume that it will be seen by everyone. I, I, um, I just used that FaceTime app that makes you look old. By the Russians? And yeah, I found out like, oh, it's a company that's like operated by the Kremlin. You know what? They already have everything of mine. They have my social security number. They have my name, my, my phone number, uh-huh. you know, pictures of my asshole. It, I can't, like, we can't oh, protect ourselves. Asshole again. Yeah, I mean, I do think, I do think like the larger conversation. <laughs> Why is this is, guy always showing his asshole? So much hole. Um, it's disgusting. You know, I'm sure they're into it. Shade. Uh, Ass open to the wind, stick it in. Here I am. Is that? That's me. <laughs> That's Romaine Patterson. Um, yeah, I mean, I do think stuff like that is definitely concerning, especially the personal information. But for photos, I just think, you know, just in general, don't share a photo if you're not okay with it potentially. That's right. Or you don't know. take a photo. Yeah. If you don't want naked pictures of you to be online, then don't take any naked pictures of you. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the <laughs> Netherlands... Which is also known as Holland. I don't know if you knew that, Chris. I did. Uh, I thought. Um. Well, look. Uh, my geography is seriously. Weak. You also I didn't know that Northern this, Ireland but, was a country. Well, I knew that Ireland has been fighting for its independence. I didn't know that Northern Ireland, though, was specifically. Yes, Northern Ireland. Um, they're the ones who are uh, loyal to okay. the British Crown, so they're still part of the UK. I see. regular Ireland is not. But there are those in Northern Ireland who do not want to be loyal to the crown anymore, do not want to be part of the UK anymore. So they have been, you know, for hundreds of years have been trying to separate. And there was tons of violence in in the 70s and 80s with the Irish Republican Army. So, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this is not that. (laughs) This is in the Netherlands where a Dutch priest is blowing the whistle, among other things, after he says the Catholic Church fired him for being gay. His name is Father Pierre Valkering, and back in March, he was suspended from his duties after coming out during a mass in Vredsdekirk, which is in Amsterdam. During the mass, he talked about the big pink elephant within the Catholic Church. Um, But here's the thing. He had written a book at one time in which he wrote about gay sex orgies that he had attended. This is actual audio of one of those parties. The diocese insists that he was not fired for being gay. Instead, it's because he broke his vows of celibacy, which he openly admitted in this book. Mm -hmm. At the time of the book's release, he told an interviewer, it is clear with this book that I'm going on particularly slippery ice, even a minefield, because it is largely about sex and the priesthood. Those are, in combination with each other, great taboo subjects. Chris, do you recognize this audio? I think it's um, me running to work, actually. In flip-flops. Yes. Um, the signals quickly turn red and the alarm bells start to ring. Basically, I don't have a lot of sympathy for this guy. You don't? No. Like, okay, I don't think priests mm-hmm. should have to be celibate. I don't think nuns should have to be celibate. I think that's insane. Mm-hmm. And, and if, if the church did not insist on celibacy, I don't think um, so many of them would wind up abusing children. That said... If you know that the requirement of your job is to be celibate and not to be gay, I don't think you, uh, you know, you go and publish a book about how you've been to all these gay sex parties. But again, yeah. she wants to be a freak. She wants to release her naughty pictures, but in words. So she released her naughty book. I can't be mad at her for being an exhibitionist. Counterpoint, J.B. Bercy. Yeah. Chris Harder, you say what? Um, I think, what do I think? Well, first of all, I think, why are people not protesting the Catholic Church just in general more? Thank you. Like, especially over, I mean, like, how many sexual abuse scandals does there have to be before people no, think, it's like... It's endless. You know, it, it really is. And it's, I, it's not even a joke. It's so disgusting. Um, so this just feels like one more, you know piece of kindling to throw in the trash fire that is the catholic church um 
Yeah, that's what I think. That's all I got. <laughs> I just, I think you're absolutely right. Although, again, I say he knew what he was doing. And you don't publish a book about your sex life, gay or straight, mm-hmm. if you want to keep stay a priest. It's just, it's a, it's a bad idea. But you're absolutely yeah. right. I think, you know, everyone's so horrified about Jeffrey Epstein, as well they should be. Mm-hmm. But, like, there are tens of thousands of Jeffrey Epsteins in the Catholic Church. Like, literally operating right now. Right now. Just... And, and institutionally, the church does nothing. Yeah. They yeah. claim that they're doing something, but they never do. We always find out that, that, that these bishops and cardinals knew that a priest had been credibly accused um, multiple times of molestation and then just moved to a different parish. Yeah, exactly. Just, just people in power that aren't being held accountable. It's gross. Well, uh, here's in a similar vein to what we're talking about, a, a pastor, not a Catholic, but a Baptist pastor, uh, John Martin, down in Florence, Alabama, has been arrested for sex crimes with underage boys after he confessed his sins to the congregation. Oh, wow. Talk about an interesting sermon. Yeah. Churchgoers were left shocked when the Bible teachings turned into a tell-all. As Pastor Martin, the father of four, used the pulpit to spill his sins, including abusing at least four boys, though police suspect there are more. Martin resigned quickly after his revelation, excuse me, and was arrested uh, after members of the church informed a local family justice center who then called the police. Uh, why they didn't call the cops directly is a mystery. Um, of course, Pastor John Martin has spent the last decade condemning what? Right. Homosexuality. Homosexuality. Uh, the, the church's website reads, we believe that God has commanded that no intimate sexual activity be engaged in outside of marriage between a man and a woman. We believe that any form of homosexuality, lesbianism, bisexuality, bestiality, incest, fornication, adultery, and pornography are sinful perversions of God's gift of sex. One attendee said, you wouldn't expect it out of a church. That's the last place you'd expect it. No. Right. No, no, it's the no first that's place. the thing. It's the first place. Okay, so here's here's my thing. How Did he just start his sermon and it was like, I have confession to make, y'all. I was molesting little boys and here we are. Because if that's the case, I feel like he's probably doing this for fucking years. And oh, sure. To, this is a criminal minds thing and he needs to be on TV and he needs to be put in behind jail or shot by the cops. Either way, it belongs on TV. Well, he's being held on a $60,000 bond. Oh. Um, this story is from a couple of weeks ago. He may have pleaded uh, one way or the other by now. But um, yeah, if you're an anti-gay, rabidly anti-gay pastor, you're probably up to either some gay shit or some pedophilia. Right, right. End some of story. Here's a story about another Baptist uh, a, a school teacher. <laughs> now, this one's going to shock you guys. A Baptist school teacher traded alcohol for sex with minors. But the twist is the school teacher is a woman oh i think i read about this her name yeah. is shannon griffin she's a 49 year old teacher at jordan baptist school in burbank who knew there was a baptist school in it's burbank california she's accused of sexual assault <laughs> and solicitation of child pornography including t- uh, two male students involving two male students at the school uh, she was a kindergarten teacher but she didn't have sex with kindergartners allegedly What she did do, allegedly, was supply alcohol to a 15-year-old student and then had sex with him at least five times. Also, she sent nude images to uh, a 16-year-old boy using Snapchat and asked for illicit images in return. Right. I'm always surprised when adult women want to fuck teenage boys. Why does that surprise me? I don't know. Because it's uncommon and we we expect men to do it. It's It's not a very ladylike thing. I can't. I can't see a woman. I. I mean, she's doing this clearly, but it's gross. I mean, it's no less gross when a man does it to to a to a boy or a girl. Yeah. Well, I think we're. Well, and I think culturally, you know, it's seen as um, a sign of manhood if you know an underage boy loses virginity to an older woman. To an older woman. Right. It's seen as something to brag about, but it it can be just as damaging and just as hurtful. Mm-hmm. Are you smirking at him? No, I'm thinking about um, that teacher, Mary Kay Letourneau. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, another. she had sex with that 13-year-old, <clears throat> went to prison. Yeah. And then They've been married. married for like 20 years now, and they have three kids. Yeah. That story freaks the fuck out of me. But it's anyway, um, allegedly, uh, two of the sexual encounters between Griffin and the 15-year-old occurred in the back of a minivan behind a Burger King. Oh, my God. Which is really classy. Oh, I'm sorry. This was in Chicago. 
Burbank, Chicago, I guess, uh, or Burbank, Illinois. Um, five of the alleged sexual encounters occurred when the victim was a student, and a sixth happened after he graduated. The student was an athlete. That's hot. <laughs> and Griffin was a cheerleading coach. Um, yeah, so she's fucked. And as we always I like mean, to say, she got fucked. <laughs> I don't know. I, I <clears throat> there's like an 18 year old on Insta who keeps sending me dick, dick pics. And uh-huh. first of all, I won't even respond because I don't know if he's 18 or, or 15 and sure, I don't want to sure. fucking go to prison. Right. But second of all, like, I don't want to have sex with an 18 year old. You know, that freaks me out. You must be 21 to ride this ride. I also, Thank you. you know, in general, I just find I, I have a friend like this, too, who um, who really likes young guys. Not I mean, I don't I don't think he's a pedophile, but he <laughs> he um he likes to have sex with. He's like in his mid 30s and he always has sex with like 18, 19, 20 year old something. Is guys. this Daniel? No. No, no, because we're not friends. <laughs> um, and uh, me neither. And it it weirds. It does weird me out because it. I mean, again, it's. I don't know if it's just me putting my own judgments on it, but also to say that like eighteen year olds, nineteen year olds, twenty, they're idiots. Like, why would you? They're not can't. adults. They can't. No. I mean, they may be physically adult and legally, but they don't have the wherewithal to make good choices. And so, or give good dick. Or well, that's true, JB. So as a forty-eight year old man. I, I would feel very creepy and wrong having sex with an 18-year-old or a 19-year-old or even a 20-year-old. And, and I'm not attracted to guys that young either, yeah. although you know, this dick is pretty spectacular. What's, what's interesting, though, is that when I was 18 and 19, I loved having sex with older men. So See, like, I never did. Oh, really? I always, I mean, I always sought out older guys. I'm in the um, same boat as Chris. Yeah. I've always been attracted to my own age group. Oh, really? I mean, I, will, I would have sex with you. I would have sex with anyone your age uh-huh. if I was attracted to them. But it's not what I seek out. I'm really looking for a guy sure. in his 40s, great shape, boyfriend dick. Boyfriend dick. Yeah. 401k. <laughs> vegan. Hit, hit me up at adamandadamsank.com <laughs> if you fit all these classifications. Um, JB, we're going to skip the two cocktails and cock talk stories for now. We may go back to them uh, because our guest is running a little behind, but we're also running a little behind. So here we go. We're going to um, skip to my favorite headline of the year so mm. far. This is my favorite headline of 2019. Olympic swimmer saves drowning gay newlywed knocked from inflatable unicorn float. Oh my god. Italian Olympic swimmer Filippo Magnini, who's hot as fuck, was sunbathing on Cala Cinzias Beach in Sardinia last weekend or actually two weekends ago, when he heard someone crying for help. It was a gay newlywed. (laughs) The gay newlywed was drowning after being knocked off his inflatable unicorn float by a wave. Where was, like... In Sardinia. Out in the ocean? He was just on a unicorn. You know, he was on the beach, and he took his little unicorn float into the water. And he can't swim? Uh, He can swim, but, you know, when you get knocked off by a huge wave, you get dunked underwater, you get water up your nose, you start to, to... cough and uh-huh. can't breathe well this 37 year old champion quickly leaped into leapt into action he dove into the water and swam out to the drowning man whose name was andrea benedetto he had just married his boyfriend's two day his boyfriend one boyfriend okay. two days earlier Italy. in nearby cagliari according to eyewitnesses the newlyweds had been lounging on the inflatable unicorn when a wave struck and benedetto was catapulted into the water Oh, he was unable to move his limbs due to a medical condition. Dude, oh, you should well, not be floating go. in the no. ocean. Yeah, that's why I'm like, what's the... You know. To make matters worse, a strong gust of wind carried the inflatable unicorn away, leaving the men stranded. <laughs> Magnini saved him and stayed with Benedetto till lifeguards arrived. Um, when he became conscious later, he said his first thought was about his husband. Uh, it wasn't until hours later when he learned he'd been rescued by an Olympic swimmer. I mean, how lucky that this Olympic swimmer just happens to be hanging yeah. out when you start. And also the hottest one ever. You should look this up, this story, because Filippo Magnini, all my uh, Adam Sancho Facebook followers were like seriously thirsty after I posted the picture of him. Can I just say, I know it's not funny, but uh, can you imagine just the unicorn blown past by you? Just in <laughs> yeah. The yeah, it's pretty. Uh, <laughs> it's a great story. 
But also, it's like, why, oh, gay men, idiots. Like, why are you on? <laughs> why are you in the middle of the sea when you can't fucking swim? When you can't move your limbs. And you, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, and there was another news report that said it was not a unicorn, but rather a swan. So oh, there's well, some controversy yeah, as to what kind of animal. Specific. No, I'm sad. I wish it was a gay unicorn. In my, in my mind, it was a unicorn, JB. Uh, meanwhile, in Missouri... Uh, law enforcement officers managed to capture a man wanted for possession of a controlled substance after he gave his position away. He was hiding and they were looking for him and suddenly they heard this. Oh, he farted loudly with enough volume to get the attention of the police officers looking for him. That is ridiculous. The Clay County Sheriff's Office wrote on Facebook, quote, if you've got a felony warrant for your arrest and the cops are looking for you and you pass gas so loudly that it gives up your hiding spot, you're definitely having a poop emoji day. Oh. Hashtag it happened. The official Twitter account of the city also had some fun with the arrest. They tweeted this. The Liberty Police Department was surprised to see this incident slip out, which... <laughs> Which stinks for the arrestee. Fortunately, no one was injured during the arrest. The right. city also thanked the sheriff's department for, quote, airing out a wanted person's dirty laundry Ugh. and fanning the flames. So, what was he, what was he wanted for? What? Uh, drugs. Oh, drugs. Okay. Drug possession. Oh, man. And this, by the way, is from USA Today. This is not from, you know, Weekly World News, right. which, by the way, you guys, stop sending me those links. Wait, so... <laughs> My friend Steve sent me this one. Man gets... A doctor gets his man... Doctor gets his arm stuck in a man's rectum for eight hours. And right away, I was like, this can't be a real story. And right. it wasn't. So they're fun, but just send me real shit. Go All ahead, right. JB. Um, I'm really... Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. The fart? Yes. Okay. So you can't hold your fart. Like I know I'm. I know I'm doing criminal stuff. I know police are look for me. But you can't hold your fart. I know, right? Like, like what did he eat? That's like, what I want to know. It's either go to prison or farting. It I, doesn't also say where he was hiding exactly. Uh, yeah. Like oh, I guess they were like maybe searching his his house or his van or something, and all of a sudden they just hear, just running. so many questions. If only I hadn't had the chia seeds. <laughs> so much Yikes. would be different. All right, well, here's a, a great story that came out Pride Weekend that made me smile. Um, a mom, a dad, and two young sons accidentally booked a Pride flight to New York City, not knowing that it was a Pride flight, and they ended up having the time of their lives. Oh, yay. Uh, they were, they, this was Virgin Atlantic's Pride flight. They were seated alongside dozens of drag queens uh, who performed sing-alongs as the LGBTQ flight crews, is that really different from a regular flight crew, <laughs> served refreshments. On the journey right. from London to New York. <laughs> it's just a whole bunch of gays and that one dyke. <laughs> exactly. Carrie Powell, her husband Sean, and their sons Callum and Cody joined in on the fun. Callum and, and Cody. And uh, Attitude Magazine shared a clip of the family at the center of attention. Um, they, uh, The boys could be seen in the clip bouncing up and down in their seats as Lady Gaga's Born This Way plays from the speaker's. Uh, Carrie told the Daily Mail, we booked the flight in September 2018. Virgin then phones us in October to inform us it had been chosen to be the Pride flight. They asked if we wanted to change the flight, which meant traveling on a different day, which we couldn't do. So we went ahead as planned. She said they had a fantastic time as they celebrated with celebrity pass passengers, including Courtney Act. I'm a celebrity winner, Scarlett Moffat. Never heard of that. Someone named A.J. Pritchard from Strictly and Titus Burgess. Oh, Titus Burgess. That's amazing. I love how the other two are just like made up celebrities from like probably I know. Fox There's a reality, reality show, show called I'm a Celebrity. Which sounds so horrible. Awful. So good for them. And speaking of pride, hit it, Ann Steele. Well, that family came here from London, and August 2nd through 4th is Brighton and Hove Pride in the UK, Leeds Pride in the UK, Vancouver Pride in Canada. August 5th through 11th, it's Prague Pride. Do you know where Prague is, Chris? Prague is in Germany, right? No, no it's, it's in the Czech Republic. Oh, fuck. Reykjavik Pride 
I won't even ask you that one. That's, That's in Iceland. In Iceland. I've been to Reykjavik. August 8th through 18th is Montreal Pride in Montreal, Canada. Everyone's a stripper. Austin Pride in Austin, Texas. Eugene Pride. This is Pride for people named Eugene. No, it's in it's in Eugene, Oregon. August 10th. And finally, England has a lot of prides. Yeah. August 10th is in uh, Pride in Surrey, which is in a town called Woking. Woking, the UK. And just in time, our guest is here and ladies barking her head off. Come on in. You're late. Sit the fuck down. So happy, safe pride to all of you yes. celebrating in Montreal and Prague and Reykjavik. And I'd say Leeds, the UK, is an amazing city. Really? They do, they do shit right there. I love Leeds. Fabulous. All right, here we go. Our guest today is a comedian who's been featured on The Late Late Show, Comics Unleashed, ESPN, and The Adam Carolla Show, on which he's a regular. He's also one of the world's foremost Donald Trump impersonators and hosts a podcast called Making Podcasts Great Again. Here's a taste of J.L. Covan doing Donald Trump along with me playing myself. Well, well, I am a great, I think Adam would agree, one of the great allies to the LGBTQ Pence community. I absolutely disagree. You've been the worst thing to happen to the LGBTQ community since George W. Bush was in office. Well, that was like only a couple presidents ago. That's not like, I, let me ask you a question. Do you think Thomas Jefferson was a great ally to the community? Uh, Probably I think, not. I think he would have been a better ally than you. Well, you know. Although he did own slaves, so it's questionable. I, I, I grant you. Uh, but, but, Mr. President, you have been uh, absolutely hellacious. First of all, you chose as your vice president the most anti-gay politician in America. Well, that's an interesting point. I'm glad you brought up big gay Mike Pence, as we call him on the show. <laughs> VP BGMP. <laughs> no one in this country's history has ever had a gay vice president. He is the highest ranking, if I can use this word, homosexual in American political history. Yeah. Did Obama have a gay president? No, Joe Biden is too busy groping women. Yeah. Clearly it, it, not gay. It might be the case that Pence is a closeted homosexual. He probably is. However, politically, case he's, closed. he's incredibly <laughs> anti-gay. First we president we to want... nominate, excuse me, first president to not have a gay vice president. No one's ever done it. Greatest ally to the LGBTQ Pence community. Please give a warm-ass welcome to J.L. Covin. Yay. Hello, thank you for having me. J.L., you're so late. I, I was told 12.35. Yeah, it's 12.42. I rang the bell at 12.36, and the subway was You know, I think the up. bell's not working, JB, because Shecky said she yeah, rang, too. Yeah, I can't. I don't see the bell. Actually, the, we have, like, a bell button back here, but I don't see it. Fuck so me. Button. Well, I'm so, then I apologize to That's you, okay. JL. I was going to make a joke about how straight guys and lesbians <laughs> are never on time. JL. Stands for Jean Louis. Jean Louis. Jean Louis. I have a problem with my L's, so your name is torture for me. When did you first discover that you could do a really good Trump? Uh, probably a few months before he actually decided to run. I don't know why. I was doing it for uh, the Adam Carolla show, the aforementioned Adam Carolla show, just a random video. And I was like, oh, I think I can do a Trump. And then he ended up being on television nine hours a day for the next year. So then it was just like, it was like I had Trump, my, 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 my apartment's like a doctor's office or an airport lounge, it's like CNN is just on in the background the whole time. So he was just on all the time. So it ended up being like somebody living in my apartment, Ugh. talking like Donald Trump the whole time. And I was like, oh, I think I'm picking up on all the nuances now. I can't do him at all. I, I, that's not an easy impression for me. What, what, what are, what's the key to doing a good Trump? It start honestly. This is this will sound weird, but it started with my George Lopez impression. <laughs> when I realized doing a George Lopez impression, I was able to kind of manufacture a little bit of a rasp. So with George Lopez, it was like, "Let me tell you something. These white women out here, terrible." And I was like, "Oh, I got the rasp." And then I just kind of added that to the you know, I kept that for the Donald Trump. And then you know, maybe yeah. we're in an interview, and I talk very quietly, because I'm showing how respectful and restrained. And presidential I can be. But then everybody likes the rally, the big rally. That's the yell. And it always has this kind of worn out quality to it. But there's also something he does with his consonants, I notice, with the R and the L. There's a, um, like when you said case closed, you sounded exactly like him. There's something in the, like, how do you do that? Well, say, as, say that for it. As, as the great Dane Cook once said, the <laughs> K sound is, is very funny. <laughs> but I think he, he likes simple words, and I think it's the enthusiasm. Yeah. Case closed. Because they're like <laughs> sharp and simple. And it's like he's Fine very bites. he's very like pumped to, yeah. to get to those little words. 
doing your show was kind of surreal for me. It and was, by the way, great introduction. Thank, oh, you. thank you. That was much better than I am. Uh, well, true. No, but no, you've, you've done a lot. But your show is, is weird as a guest because, I mean, you're, first of all, you're playing along in like a fantasy that's not real. I've never done or that. Or a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, like, I hate Trump so much. Sure. But you're so funny and like kind of winning as him that it made me like, I was like, I don't want to like you, even though we're playing a role here. But I liked you because you were like hilarious. Well, and that's one of the things, being perfectly honest, because I, I despise Trump. I think he is... I think it's safe to say here, right? No, I think he's yeah. he's he's one of the worst. He's like one of our worst people. Yes. Like forget presidents. Like he's he's miles ahead of the next worst president. But he's like one of the worst people in America. He right. represents so many things that if he wasn't racist, his own followers would hate. Like, oh, you like a guy who went to the Ivies because his dad bought his way in and only became a success because his dad paid didn't for pay anything. his contractors. Right. Doesn't pay his his working men. His middle class laborers, um, you know, treats women like, well, maybe they, some of them would they like, like the, that. Yeah. But some might not. Some have made this devil's bargain like, well, you know, he, but, but whatever the case right. may be, he's like just evangelical. Yeah, he's the worst. And I maybe it's just because the show is starting to feel like it has a little success that my instincts to quit are kicking in. You know, wouldn't want to make money or, or, or like be a success at anything in comedy. But it is starting to feel gross doing the show. I would think so. Because it is, he keeps catching up to the parody. Right. And it's like, at some point, it's going to... Put it, your face right in front of that microphone. Oh, sorry. It's, it's starting to feel really gross to do it because I'm sort of humoring things that, are, that really don't feel that funny to me anymore. Right. It never felt funny, but like, it's getting more and more... Like, in 1937, I'm sure the great Hitler impersonator in Germany was like, you know what, I got to call it quits at this That's point. That's right. It, it feels like it's getting too much. You know, 33, this was hilarious, but like... Well, this is the other thing I was wondering, is you must have listeners who actually love Trump. A few. And think that you're, like, celebrating him. There's a few. Uh, most, I think, are in on the joke. Um, but I've noticed this when I've done Sirius. I've had, almost every time I've gone on Sirius on whatever radio show to impersonate Trump for any length of time, real callers call in. And, they, well, be, and the, ra the episode I was on with JL, he was talking about... Um, uh, Kim Jong-il and doing his impersonation of Kim Jong-il and his impersonation of President Hu and it was just this like racist Asian voice <laughs> and I was thinking they must love that like that's what a Trump supporter finds funny yeah I mean that's they give him this this incredible they give him a much wider pass than like comedians get oh yeah for their comedy right like, he's the president and if he's making a sarcastic comment they will he might not even be joking and they'll like give him the assumption or the benefit of the doubt like he's just messing around right even though he's not he so half the time right. he's not if you or i got up on stage and said elon omar should go back to where she came from <laughs> like we would be banned from the club for life right. like you know if anyone caught it on video we would be doxxed we would he just you know tweets it out everything's fine now it's a catchphrase with his followers jail your ethnicity has always fascinated me yeah. because you look just like a basic Italian-American right. dude, but it's actually far more exotic than that. Yeah. So tell us. Oh, you want me to tell yes, you? Yes, tell the listeners. <laughs> I'm good at radio. Um, my father was Haitian. Uh, came here when he was 31. Um, kind of a medium-toned Haitian. Yeah. Uh, not Wyclef Dark, but not Harry Balafonte Light. Right. Um, but my mom is 100% Irish-American. So when I say to people, it's always funny to me because... Haitian's the thing that throws people off. And I, I genuinely think it's because black has at least a pop culture cachet. There's certainly a lot of uh, uh, downsides to it in society. But as far as being a comedian or being this, there's, there's some cachet to it. There's some cool to it. But right. I, don't look, I don't look like I've paid any of the uh, societal price no. or, uh, to, 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 to be benefiting from that. But I also say to people, I'm like, I don't look Irish, though. Like, right. Nobody, but nobody ever brings that up. Like I, you, know, you kind of look like... I'm just looking at you now, like a giant Filipino guy. Oh, okay. Have you ever gotten that? Do Filipinos Only ever come uh, up the and Andrew start Kunan speaking? And series. Yeah, that was people really saw the similarities then. That was a joke. Sorry. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> about murdering Versace and I being apologize. gay. I got it. Did, when you were growing up, I think I asked you this when I interviewed you on SiriusXM. Um, did 
were you would you be around racist people who would just make like other than my immediate family ex- yes who would just no, like really. say racist things and think like you you were just a white guy and wouldn't be offended by it that i mean not just growing up now <laughs> it's happened most of my life um and it's 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 bizarre because i know what i look like and i've always told people I consider myself biracial. Now, if I looked like Obama, where society sort of imprints on you what you're going to be. So Obama, as soon as he was five years old, it was like, that's a black kid. Right. Regardless, white mom. You're right. America, America forgot that Obama's mother was 100% white, right? right. Like, they, he's referred to as our first black president. He's black. In fact, he was as white as he was black. And that's why whenever Republicans would say, Obama hates white people. I'd be like, oh, he hates his mom who right. raised him and his grandparents right. who raised him. Like, I found that was so particularly offensive to like, because it wasn't just like he's black. So it's like you're, t- you're saying he hates his, it's, it's like an extra layer of, of disrespect. Right. Um, but I understand it. I understand that to most, some people consider me, they'll, they'll say, no, I consider you black or I consider you half black. Or some people will be like, oh, I would have never thought that. And JB, then, what do you think? If you saw this dude on the street. He's... I, I, be, I, be honest. I can't tell because you're not because you're not white enough to be a white guy, and you have you, you, again you have color to you, but you're not you're not pasty. Right. He looks tan, and that's like my so Spanish. <laughs> well, you are about, tan. Right my now. joke about my brother is that see, my brother has like Derek Jeter's hair. Ah. So Derek Jeter, you can look at Derek Jeter and go half right. Like yeah. you just assume you'd be like, I know you're not full. You're half black, right? Whereas my, that's what my brother gets broader nose than me. We look almost identical but if you look closely broader nose kinkier hair and then everything else is basically the same yeah your hair is very either like white or asian it gets wa- it gets wavy when i gr- when i grow Chris it out like it just gets offended by my racial so, dissection of jail no, no, no i think it's i think it's fascinating just sorry just no, real quick, just, um, you know in in our current state of things because we have such a fucked up president in the office who's like throwing everybody's identity out of whack um this idea of like legitimacy and like who has the power to speak about what, who right. has the power to talk about what, um, you know, I'm sure that must be you must be confronted by that all the time. And in, I've tried to make, I make jokes about it, but in seriousness, I tell people I have light privilege, yes, because passing privilege, right? Which is that's where you really feel like you can see the difference, like you can like you you getting treated. I don't have an alternate experience, although when I went to Ireland as a kid and I looked kind of like a like a like probably Latino as a kid. Yeah, a lot of these pasty Irish kids were like yelling at me to go back to Africa mm-hmm. as we were walking ah. down the street. And I thought I looked at my brother. I was like Africa, and he, and my brother, being a sharp guy and six years older than me, was like, like they probably mean like Egypt, <laughs> which made sense right, to me, right? Because I was like Africa. I definitely don't look like we are the world, right. African. Um, so I've got. I mean, but it's. I've just sort of tried to be cognizant. I don't run from my identity. I'm not trying to hide anything, but I, I acknowledge that my experience, I may not always be the person who can speak to a direct life experience as a black person or half black person because I don't often get treated that way. That, that lends itself to other uh, thoughts, but I, I don't try to say like, as a such and such, I know because a lot of my life experience, to be honest, has not been that, whereas I brought up Obama because clearly he can own that Right. And, and be treated as such because clearly that's the life experience that American society would, would mm-hmm. give to him. Right. If you and JB were both driving on the same highway and you both got pulled over by the cops, you would have very different experiences. I'm getting arrested. You're walking away. Clean Scott. But my question is because you're half Haitian. Hello, my other Haitian brother. Can you speak Creole or are you just like me and you can't speak Creole <laughs> and your Haitian parents look at you like you're a disappointment? Sadly, I... Um, I remember after the earthquake, my brother went down there a couple times because I had an uncle pass away during the earthquake in 2010. Mm-hmm. But uh, I started taking a course because I'd never learned it because my father was very sort of passive. I didn't obviously with, a, with an Irish American mom, she didn't speak Creole. So my house was was not bilingual. My dad was, you know, spoke four languages, but I wasn't immersed in it. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, if you have to actually sit down with your parent to learn a language, that feels like more school. So I was like, I'm good. Because it wasn't just like sure. flying in the air where I could just pick it up naturally. Yeah. And then, of course, you get older and you're like, well, now I don't have the time. I'd like to. I wish I could go. I wish I had the knowledge uh, of my 30s back when I was seven. Yeah, I like the sound <laughs> of Haitian French as opposed to France French. Like, 
I can understand it. Yeah, Asian French is super broken. <laughs> but it's also like, the, you know, it's just like, it's a much easier sound for me than like when French people speak French to me, they're like, and you're like, what? <laughs> I didn't hear any sounds there. Right, right. Were you always JL or did no. they call you Jean-Louis as I, a child? When I went to college, um, I was playing basketball and I just, I, <laughs> it's, it's, this is like my Freddie Mercury story. It's like, I'm changing my name now that I'm a star. Right. But I was just like, I don't want to hear people saying Gene Lewis in like opposing arenas. <laughs> like, I don't want to be like Gene Lewis for two. I'm like, what they, f-? so I was like, JL, people can, can nail, other than Starbucks, people can nail JL pretty easily. Yeah, so, I have a hard time with it. Just I thought you said my, your name was Jail. Yeah, my, first. Th- when a friend from college called up my house after first semester and said, can I speak to Jail? And my dad was on the phone going, Jail? <laughs> can I speak to Jail? <laughs> no, Prison's I, here, but no Jail. My L's, my L's sound like W's anyway. So when oh. I say Jail, it's like Jail. <laughs> well, it's either that and your or last Jean-Louis. name gives me tr- problems too. I always think it's Calvin. Yeah, a but lot it's of people, that's funny. You're throwing the L that you messed up earlier into the last name. Yes, like Calvin and Hobbes. Jean-Louis Covin. And now as an adult, I f- feel it sounds very sophisticated and yeah. good. But when you're like nine with a bunch right. of Irish kids at church or a bunch of uh, New York white kids at your private school, it's like, G- G- John, we're going to call you John. Is that okay? And like, you know, most people, they would be like, we have four Johns in the class. Can we call you Louis? And I was like, why not just call me Jean-Louis? That. Yeah. John, nobody named John's going to respond to that either. Right. Uh, you were, before you became a comedian, you were an attorney. Still am. Practicing. Still practice part-time because comedy pays, uh, pays the kind of wages that you still need to work somewhere else. Oh, you don't have to tell me, honey. <laughs> I have always had a day job. What kind of law? First job uh, was as a DA, an assistant DA in the Bronx. Oh, wow. Uh, which I liked. Um, and then I got... Uh, engaged while I was there and was encouraged to uh, get a job more commensurate to my diplomas. You know, I went to good undergrad, good law school, so I went to a firm. Tell us the schools. Don't be shy. Oh, uh, Williams College and then Georgetown Law. Nice. Which I, I used to be proud of Georgetown Law until I saw like half a dozen Trump people had also gone to Georgetown Ugh. Law. I was like, gross. Yeah, that was Kavanaugh, right? Didn't he go to Georgetown? No, he went to Georgetown Prep. He went to, he went to I think, oh, right. Yale for law. He's, he's a, a step above for sure, academically, not morally. Right? When did you uh, start doing stand-up? Law school. Uh, super depressed in law school. Um, I was in a long-distance relationship, and I, my grades first, first year of law school, which are often the most critical grades in terms of determining your immediate path after law school, were sort of rough. Um, I thought I was basically going to college with law school classes because I went right from undergrad to law school and it was much more rigorous. And, um, and then I was, I was just living on my own and in a long distance relationship and I found myself just drinking a lot and in need of something to break me out of a funk. And I just went to an open mic, uh, after my second year of law school, I started going to like shows just to watch. I, I would have made a very good comedy audience member and fan. Because that's really? how it started. I was just like going to like local bar shows because there were some good comics. Are you a loud laugher? I, it's hard for me to imagine you laughing. I'm a good laugher. Not not like obnoxious. Not look at me. Right. I'm laughing, but uh, I'm a good laugher and I know not to talk. I don't repeat punchlines to the person I'm sitting there. Ha, ha, to get to the other side. <laughs> and you don't heckle. No. So you must have been, what, like 22 your I first was, time? I was 20. I had just turned 24. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wish I'd started younger. I waited till I was 33 before I ever told a joke on stage. And by then, my career was already over. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and you are, we should tell our listeners, J, JL is friends with Kevin Israel. Sure. Who's an ass favorite. Yeah, oh, no, I know. I love He's him. been on this show three times now? When, when the yes. Me Too movement comes for this show, oh, I, will, I will be testifying. Oh, boy. Yeah, I actually met Kevin because JL, uh, you were part of a group called like Comedians at Law. Comedians at Law. And it was all, all lawyer lawyers. Comedians. Or, does yeah. that still exist? I think I think Matt Ritter still has like the, the, the rights or something to it <laughs> out in LA and may once in a while do something with it. It's something that I have to say, I let... I left, and I think I had some very good career uh, highlights come after I left when I just sort of dedicated my writing to myself and my sketch work to myself. Right. But I did enjoy that for a while it lasted because it's a rare thing to be able to sort of tour with friends. Like, to, to, to actually, like, because in a band, it's like, 
it's mm-hmm. got to be fun going on the road. It's not a solitary thing. It was a rare thing to sort of have a comedy. Yeah, I thing get that. That was that was more ensemble, which was which was fun because you shoot the shit with people. You're not just, you know. So. I was just doing these naked gigs in Fort Lauderdale that we talked about earlier, and um, Drew Lausch was. Oh, one yeah, of the other comics be... on the show and also we got to live in the same we actually shared a room I feel like that would be fun it was so much fun and if I had been there by myself it wouldn't have been fun at all but like you know hanging out with him all day Drew Lausch is really one of the funniest people I've ever she known she is super great and I didn't know you were such a fan he's like yeah JB and Katie have come to five of my shows I'm like they've never come to one of mine <laughs> <laughs> must be nice but no, he's hilarious, and it is great when you're experiencing because comedy fucking sucks. Everything yeah. goes wrong. I was gonna say it's a it's solitary. lonely. It's you're usually you're staying in a shitty place. We actually stayed in a very nice house, but um, but so yeah, if you can do it with friends, that's great. But anyway, so JL posted this picture on Facebook of the comedians at law, and I think my <laughs> comment was something along the lines of, "Who's the hot muscle daddy with the big package?" <laughs> and that was Kevin Israel. And Kevin, being a total attention whore, it was whore, love at first harassment. Was like, yeah, let's do, let's do this. Let's be friends. <laughs> and who knew he would end up being on my album? He's he was my yeah. MC that night. But uh, but yeah, and then and I knew you, I think from Comedy Soapbox. Yeah, well, I I I, I think I told you this maybe a year or so ago, where I remember you had this picture of you getting a massage from a very busty. Woman, woman, a real woman, and I—I I mean, I shouldn't say that—a cisgender woman. And you were, you were like always at the top. Often, your photo was number one because you were for the, yeah, the number one on the most soapbox. read blog. Yeah, and I just kept thinking to myself, who, who is this frat bro? Just being like, look at all the <laughs> with these puss giant tits resting on top of it. <laughs> I didn't know you were gay for for probably a couple of years. You didn't read any of my blogs because it was like, well, cause suck it, dick this but and the, butt fuck that. But and, the photo, because as I've. Throughout my life, people have often sort of, maybe not now, but when I was in better shape and younger, just kind of assumed I was more of a, a bro. I thought you were super hot the first time I met you. I, I was. I and then I just kept, very striking. Eating, I kept eating cookies and just yeah. doing comedy. <laughs> like, comedy has, has aged me the way, like, Prince William has aged. You're still a great looking guy. <laughs> oh, but but you, were, you were young when I met you. But I was, as, I, as was I. But up until like 30, and then I hit the road, and then it was like a decade of doing the road and, and, and stuff like that. Living and on was, Fritos. Yeah, and it just it eats away. And now, as I'm trying to get back into shape, now I'm getting like 40-year-old man injuries, and I'm like, oh, shit. I, I've waited too long. Now I'm falling <laughs> apart. Because you were a serious athlete. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, uh, uh, I, I sat the bench for, for, for – I dedicated myself to working hard and sitting the bench for most of my college career. But you were on the college basketball yes. team. Any um, other teams? No, just basketball. Just just that one season in the middle that that stopped you from traveling abroad either semester, since it's mm. it's straddled uh, semesters. When the time remaining, JL, it's time to play everyone's favorite game. Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Yeah. You are six foot seven. Yes. Does the penis match the skeleton? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> What does I'm that just, mean? It shrank. I'm, I'm like, it's, it's like, I'm, like the blood flow. I'm, at, I'm, I'm like seventy pounds overweight, so I feel like my, my package is just being like, like compressed, like, like <laughs> just being like suffocating for like oxygen. Well, it is true that for every thirty pounds a man gains, he loses an inch of penis. That's no a fact. way. Yeah, really? I learned that on Oprah. That's why I'm. So you're telling me I gained, to stay thin. You're telling me I gained hundred and eighty pounds. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. But in your prime, it was uh, a sizable uh, piece of meat? It was good. I was, I was happy with it. What is your shoe size? 14. Holy <laughs> Jesus. God, right. you're an inch bigger than me. You're 13, Jimmy? <laughs> yes, I am. Holy fuck. Four, 14 is massive. Uh, I'm sure we have some foot fetishists among our audience who okay. are now masturbating. We'll take photos We'll later. take pictures of JL's feet <laughs> after the show. Um, uh, do you have to get? Sh- is it hard for you to find shoes sometimes? No, not with the not with this thing called the internet. No, uh, it's underwear is it hard to find underwear? Is there, <laughs> no, 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 hard no, to find no, a jockstrap. No. No. How about condoms? <laughs> your your shoe size. Let's just put this in perspective. Is six sizes bigger than mine? <laughs> really? Five, five, you five sizes bigger. I'm a nine. Really? Oh, you have yeah. dainty feet. He's five times the man <laughs> that I am. I know I have tiny feet, tiny hands, and everything's commensurate. Uh, JL, F. Mary Kill. This is a presidential candidate edition. Oh, Great. F. Mary Kill, Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, Marianne Williamson. Mr. President, if you're listening, 
Uh, F F Kamala Harris. Definitely. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a no brainer. Um, I don't know. <laughs> she's beautiful. Well, yeah. I would marry her. Actually, love me a bad and bitch. And then, so now it's down to it's, Elizabeth it's, Warren and Marianne Williamson. I feel like Elizabeth Warren, because the option is kill. I need to marry her because I think she's a valuable person in society. <laughs> yes, but I don't think I'd want to be married to her. But like. It could be kind of like an arrangement, okay? Where like you just we have a deal. Yeah, I mean, you're like the (laughs) political house husband who campaigns for her, but you don't have to fuck her because you're you're already fucking Kamala. Yeah, like the husband in Veep or something. Exactly, exactly, Andrew. (laughs) And then, uh, and then you're going to kill Marion Williamson, but only after she gets a lot of debate performances, so I can laugh. What a voice! Talk about uh, some any woman who can do that impression. (laughs) That debate we played it a couple weeks ago. She's like. Mr. President, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm going to win with love. Girl, um, girlfriend, you're on. Okay, JL, real talk now. Who do, who do you actually hope wins the White House in 2020? Governor Jay Inslee. Didn't he drop out? No. <laughs> I thought he was out already. No, no, no. He's in. Inslee's your guy. I, I think uh, the more I read about him, uh, the more I am uh, just incredibly impressed with his overall record. And I think climate change is the number one... Uh, I believe it It really is the number one issue. Not like the number one progressive talking point, but I, I think it's fundamental. Right now he's at the bottom of the pack, yes. so uh, I hope that he can turn it around. I do think he's a good candidate. Have you ever accidentally smothered a woman to death while having sex with her, a la Frankenstein? Um, <laughs> no. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a surprisingly gentle lover. Has there been ever, ever any sex-related injuries with you? Because I just, the thought of somebody six foot seven lying on top of me in would be sort of intimidating. Sounds in, amazing. In law school, <laughs> we can spoon after. Let's try it. Um, in law school, when I was visiting my then girlfriend, we broke a bed, but that was it. By the way, did you ever marry that woman you were engaged to? No. What happened uh, there? Uh, it, is, it, is, it is one of the two darkest periods in my entire oh. life. Yeah, well, I wouldn't want to ruin the show. There. But yeah, she was, uh, she's, not, she's no good. So you've never been married. Never been no married. kids. You do no have kids. a serious uh, girlfriend, though. I, I do. I, when you when you do JL's podcast, you're in his living room with the girlfriend and the dog, and <laughs> it's a real Norman Rockwell uh, <laughs> it's portrait. Cute, actually, <laughs> it's cute. I like that you have a. I, first of all, I love that you have a dog because for years I thought you were kind of an angry curmudgeon, and I feel like the dog has softened you. <laughs> no, no. I, here's the thing: getting a re- getting a rescue dog with serious issues will will at times soften you, and at times bring out more <laughs> anger. <laughs> Her name is Cookie, and she's yes. very sweet. What is your favorite sexual position? with a woman <laughs> right now me lying down and doing as little work as possible Just lazy the lazy position <laughs> by the way that's uh, what I that be- guy in florida did I with believe, me i believe cowgirl is the, is yes. the position. <laughs> not reverse cowgirl. Just too much work there. Just, I got to imagine what's going on in the front. So just, just you can keep watching TV and you don't have yeah, to move the bowl of chips. Exactly. Everything's right there. Exactly. Exactly. Like a true man with privilege. If you had to bang a Trump, if you had to bang a Trump, these, this is your, these are your choices. <laughs> Ivana, Ivanka, Melanie, excuse me, Melania, <laughs> Tiffany, or Eric? It's a tough one. No, I, here's the thing. Morally, I'd go, well, Tiffany's like the least affiliated, so right. I'd feel least guilty. But, but Ivanka, I, I give the devil, devil her due. Like she's Over Melania. Striking. Ivanka's still like right in her prime. If if it, like Ivanka, I'd say Ivanka. I would say, and I think it'd bother Donald more. Also, yes, he'd be oh, like, "Oh, who yes. cares who bangs my wife? Don't right. you touch my." Also, you being half Haitian would make his head explode. I, this this half shithole was in Ivanka's shithole a half exactly. hour ago. <laughs> exactly. I think I would go with Donald Trump Jr. If I had to fuck any of them. <laughs> uh, finally, pubes, shaved, trimmed, or au naturel. I'm not that hairy a person. Oh, natural. Good for you. JL Covan, <laughs> how can people follow you online? Uh, websites, jlcomedy.com. There's like links to my albums and the podcast and all the social media sites that I'm on. So. And you use a hyphen between J and L. We should no, 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 no. On the oh. website, uh, yeah, if you're just writing to me, it's j-l, but the website's just jlcomedy.com. And making podcasts great again will continue for now, yes. as long as you can stand it. Chris and JB, people can follow you online. Chris, you are harder burlesque. That's right. JB is stocking Anarchy 12. Yes, ma'am. Uh, thank you so much for coming in, JL. I gave you a hard time, but you were actually early. I realize that now. 
Thank you, Chris Harder, for filling in the past oh, two weeks. You. Ryan yeah, Frosting and I will be back next week. Our guest will be comedian Selena Kopic. Don't forget to download Adam Sank's last comedy album. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com and email me at adam at adamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Uh, bye. bye. Hit the music, JB. Come on. <laughs> <laughs>